to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the lands and airwaves where this conversation takes place. Land which was never ceded, land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Yesterday, I rode 89 floors in an elevator to Eureka 89, the restaurant one floor above the Melbourne Sky Deck, to talk to the glorious Renee Matalano, who is the executive chef there. Now, the Sky Deck is the Southern Hemisphere's highest observation deck, and the tower itself is 297.3, to be exact, metres tall, with 91 floors. So, the 89th floor is a long way up. It's beautiful up there, and I love sitting up there with Renee, hearing her story with such an incredible backdrop. I think it says a lot about a chef and about a venue when there's longevity involved, and Renee has been riding the lift to the 89th floor since 2011. She loves it, and that's obvious from the way she talks about the food, but more importantly, the way she talks about her team. Yesterday was her day off, but she went into the kitchen to see how they're all going, and she talked about staff meals and how she loves how that brings everyone together. I can't wait to go back and have one of Renee's five or six course degustation dinners, looking out across the Yarra to the Dandenongs. I decided in this podcast to include the start of my journey, so you're actually going to ride the lift with me and meet Danielle, the sales and marketing manager, who took Renee and I up to the 89th floor. And then we'll get into the chat. I'm pretty sure you'll love it. It's one of those ad-lib kind of, you know, in the moment things. Come with me. Yes, you look familiar. Yes. <laughs> Introducing, this is Renee. Hi, Renee. <laughs> Lovely to meet you. Yeah, you do. Yeah, great. Um, I'm not going to stay, but I'm going to escort you upstairs because we thought it would be really nice. And Renee can give you the best view in the house. I know, um, amazing. So you can sit with all the beautiful views, which Renee never really gets to do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Good for us. I'll fix it coming in one day off. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I love this place, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is high, my ears. Yeah, it's also around 40. Today, yeah. 40, like the 40th floor. We've still got to go up one more. Um, so this elevator will take you around the same amount of time to get up one level as we did 88. <laughs> <laughs> so Renee, thank you for talking to me today. And um, I can't even believe how amazing it is up here. That's huge. Thank you for coming and yeah. giving me this opportunity. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> um, now, you've been a chef for... 20 years yes but it sounds like you didn't you maybe didn't think you would originally be a chef because you got into it through volunteering for a, a brigade how did that work oh uh, yeah so basically I came here well before I came here as a student I came here for holiday a few times and being from Philippines it's really kind of I get humid country and I came here it was a winter mm. and it was in part actually not Melbourne and I really loved I really love Australia and then, yeah, I came here to study. Um, what were you studying originally? Well, 
actually I wanted to be a nurse. Yeah, yeah. But it's quite expensive yeah. for me. So anyway, I thought, oh okay, um, to shopping mm. because I thought it's it's also a kind of a career, I guess, that you can travel around the world and easy to get a job. Yeah. Um. So I thought, and also if I don't go back to Philippines, <clears throat> um, it's quite to get a like a I guess a degree here or qualification in Australia is quite like internationally recognized mm. it's easier to get a job in like big hotels in Philippines that was my plan before yeah um yeah and then while I was studying at TAFE this is in Perth uh, my friend's lecturer said to me because I think he saw, he saw that I was good at it mm. and he said like oh would you like to get a job while I was studying uh, while I was one of student and I said sorry um, and I said, okay, sure. Um, and he introduced me one of these best chefs in Perth. Yeah, his name is Agent Tobin. Mm. He's one of the best chefs there before. And he also one of the judges for Australian Culinary Federation. Yeah. And he used to do a lot of competition. And so he introduced me to him. He was the executive chef at Western Australian Top Club before. So I was working with him. I think three days, but two days I got paid, and one day I told him I just want to go there and learn. Wow. Learn the trade. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I was doing while I was studying. Yeah. And then one day he said to me, Would you like to be an apprentice? And I said, um, Oh, thank you so much. Um, but I was on a student visa, which I can do apprenticeship. But then I was applying to the PR. And then back then as well, it's easy to get a PR. Um, they don't need so much uh, things. And then I think uh, yeah, after that, I got they approved my PR while I was still studying. Okay. And he said to me, and I said like, oh, chef, I got my PR. And I said, cool, uh, let's do your apprenticeship. <laughs> and then he called, the, he contacted the, the trade recognition people to come and assess me. Because back then it's four year apprenticeship, and there's a no, she's very good. She's, she's at the second year, mm. so I only did three years. Wow, yeah. So I was studying about Afghanis, I did like commercial three, commercial four for them, leverage the diploma and advanced diploma. So I was studying for three years actually, mm. um, and then I worked my way up from there. And what do you think? It, it is because clearly you really enjoyed it mm-hmm. as well and that made you I mean, probably work hard and do all those things but what do you think it was that made you such a good chef from, right from the start oh so while I was doing all that I discovered it's actually my passion yeah um, and because he's like a competition chef all his apprentices before um, he sent them for competition and all his apprentices were like chef of the year and stuff. Mm. And I thought, wow, I want to be like them. Yes. Yeah, so when he left Australian Top Club, Western Australian Top Club, he opened the Pet Convention Exhibition Center. And he said to me, stay there. I call you when it's all settled there. And he called me like, come and work for me now, resign there. And I went there. And since then he trained me to do competition as well. Mm. And which I did. Uh, I joined the Salon de Colline mm. and I did get a good ma- gold medal. I saw that. Uh, yeah, and since then, like, 
wow yeah this is good yeah and since then like I just realized oh this is my passion and what do you think it is is it about is it the hospitality aspect of providing food for people or is it the creative side or is it the excitement of service what what do you like I think I like the creativity mm. side of it like you're always thinking and like me now I'm, I'm always learning it could be I just go I, I go to other restaurant I read books or people that I work it could be just a casual coming I learn from them as well mm. yeah they're like I'm, I'm constantly learning and yeah that's yeah. why I, li- I like this job this always a challenge and each level because you've really got to work your way up as a chef don't mm-hmm. you and um so what so I, what was your position at the convention center also i think i think it started there as like komi mm. because i just finished my apprenticeship at the top club and then i started as komi and then i walked my way up from komi to by the time i left there i was a chef de cuisine wow yeah, wow. I was running the hot kitchen of the Pet Convention Exhibition Center. And there'd be a, a big team, wasn't yes. it? Yeah. I had, um, I can't exactly remember now, but just my team before, I had, um, I think I had 10 chefs, just mm. that's just full time. Yeah. Doesn't include the casual. Yeah. Because that's a different thing as well, isn't it? So you can love the creativity of food, and then when you step into those roles where you've got a team, yeah. what's your what's your style of leadership? Do you show, tell, get oh, yeah. so in the side? <laughs> what, what I do, I'm, I'm quite hands-on. Yeah. Like, in here, that's what I do as well. I like, I like to work with them. I like to show them what I do and how I do it. Um, and hopefully they will kind of like, oh, okay. And I always tell them why I'm telling them while I'm doing it mm. um, and that's what I notice. like if I say to my staff like I don't just say oh this is how you do it I don't do that if I tell them why I notice that's like they're more happy to do like oh okay the chef what now I know why the chef wants this mm. yeah I think that and it makes sense too because it's such a practical thing cooking isn't it that yeah it, it makes sense to be part of it but it's nice that you know I think um, nowadays Hopefully they don't really exist, those chefs that are the, the top chef that's speaking down to people. It sounds like you're in amongst the team with them, which I think is important. Oh, my, my the one that's mentored me um, since I started cooking with that chef I'm talking about, he was very disciplined, very strict. I guess I could call it almost like Gordon, Gordon Ramsay, but <laughs> that's what it is back then. Yeah. But for me, I always think like, okay, I like to challenge my like, what does this chef like? Mm. Yeah, I mean, some people were like, oh, I don't like to cook him. But for me, I wasn't like that. I mm. want like, there must be something why he's like that. Yeah. Yeah. And Probably because that's the way that he was taught as well. Yeah. And I think nothing wrong with discipline. I guess it's just the way, um, there's a different approach now, yeah. isn't there, to, to, to teaching people or showing them how important it is to be precise and everything yeah. without yelling <laughs> yeah that's right yeah yeah but nowadays it's all changed mm. yeah yeah but for me i think that's how it made me who i am mm. like more confident and like made me stronger yeah yeah nowadays it's like a lot of people like i think more sensitive that way mm. um 
because now it's all changed the culture. Yeah, I'm a teacher as well as a writer and, um, and I work with young women, so in a girls' school, and um, I think definitely it's about um, encouragement goes a long way rather right. than yeah. <laughs> putting down or whatever. It's a different um, world, and I think that's really, I think that's important. I think when you're dealing with food, I just have this idea that, um, you know, the, the kind of the mood of the kitchen and yeah. how people are with each other gets transmitted to the food, so I feel like it would be good if everyone's got a good culture in the kitchen because yeah. then that must help the food <laughs> yeah i think for the secret for a good customer service is like you have a happy team also they happy back in their home life and get the best out of them mm. i reckon that's the secret because mm. as you were saying you really enjoy coming to work mm-hmm. and you you would hope that your team do as well because yeah. then it's it is creative isn't it and it is fun and it's yeah. My team is quite multicultural mm. as well, yeah. Mm. How big's the team here? Um, I think I got six full-time at the moment. Mm. Um, from Indonesian, Thailand, it's a mixture of Indonesian, Thailand, Vietnamese, um, UK, um, France. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Any Aussies? No. I know. It feels like. But most most of them are PR and citizens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. But yeah, I had a few Great before. Team. But um, yeah. I had a few way before COVID. But some of them already moved to well, they decided to travel overseas. Yeah. And how how many uh, covers do you do here? For seated, we do I think hundred to hundred twenty seated. Yeah. But for cocktail, we can do three hundred to four hundred like a stand yeah so like canapes and things yeah. yeah that's a lot though it's a big number for the seated because you do degustation don't you yeah like tonight we got almost 400 cocktail wow it's, it's for the Avalon air show yeah. oh okay yesterday okay. we had a hundred yeah we had lunch plated and we had a hundred for cocktail and tonight we got 375 so how long does it does it take the chefs, well you're not here today, but how long does it take the chefs to prepare for something like that? Uh, we is, did started the prep yesterday. Yeah. Um, we did the cocktail and mm-hmm. some about run the cocktail and then do the prep. That's what they're doing now. Some will be working on tonight and some prepping ahead for tomorrow. Because tomorrow we got two lunches and one dinner and a, cook, and a dago, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah. And um, I had a friend who came up here and um, for his birthday and had the degustation. He really loved it and he took photos of all of the dishes. <laughs> it looks oh, really amazing. Yeah. So there's a choice, is there, between um, certain amount of courses? Uh, five or six courses. Yeah. 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 And do you enjoy cooking that style of food, the degustation? Yeah, um, because like in here it's quite a multi-faceted venue. So yeah. we do cocktail conferences, events. I think the degustation dining is a good break from all those and everyone get excited because it's something different. Mm. It's a little bit more refined than you could do your cocktail or just conferences. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I like I like this place. <laughs> yeah, so it's, I think I guess it's similar would it be similar to the Perth Convention Center? Would you have done that style of food as well? Uh it's kind of like not quite. Yeah. That's why when I moved to Melbourne, um the one who owned the convention center is the Epicure Spotless Group, and they run MCG. So mm. when I move here, I don't need to look for a job. They created a sous chef job for me at the 
MCG. So I worked there for, I think, good three months, but at the same time, I thought like, well, it's the same thing as what I'm doing here. This is Melbourne. Mm. They said it's the food capital in Australia. Yeah. And I thought, I will explore. And one of the, the executive chef here before is from in England. And he knows um, this lecturer in Perth that knew me. And he asked him, hi, do you need a chef? Because Rene is in Melbourne. Contact, and, and then he got my contact from that chef. Yeah. And he had hunted me like, hey, I'm looking for, for a chef. Would you like to come and have a look? And then I came like, wow, the kitchen is too small. In fact, when, when I walk in there, I'm like, everyone go home. I, I do this by myself. <laughs> because compared to convention center or MCG. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, wow. And so when, how, how long ago was that? 2011. Oh, so you've been here for a long time. Yeah. You must love it. Yeah. So, and then that executive chef left um, and moved to Perth. Oh. <laughs> now he's the executive chef at Mandon Estate, the new winery in Swan Valley. Okay. Um, no, sorry, Swan Valley. Yes, because he is Yar Yarrow Valley. Sorry, yeah. kind of forgotten. Um, yeah, and then I got to work with uh, Justin Wise. He was working here as a consultant mm. when Mike Michael Hartnell left, the uh, old executive chef, and a few times with Raymond Capaldi because I think Raymond Capaldi started here as well. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a. Uh, few months working with both of them. Wow. That was a little bit tough, but I, I like them. Again, they, they those kind of chefs, which I'm used to, is similar to my mentor when I was building my career. Yeah. Yeah. And how often do you change the menu up here? Um, I used to do seasonally, mm. but it feels like by the time we have all this stuff, new everything, it's time to change again. Yeah. And especially a lot of the weight is stuff here before it's like students. By the time you train them, they left, you got to train again. It's, uh, it's so hard, it feels like we just keep training people. Yeah. So now we decided to just do like twice a year. So we so now this one, this new one coming, we started this month. Uh, it's uh, autumn winter. Mm. The one that's running now is uh, spring summer. Okay. Yeah. And what are you excited about on the autumn winter menu? I guess, in fact, every time I change my menu, I call all my suppliers. Yeah. What's uh, what's new? What's out there? Or what is good to use from this month to this month? Mm. And I'm quite excited because everything changed. So I always look like, okay, what's what's new and what's the new produce in autumn? Like today, I call my my best supplier. Like, when can you get this? Because my menu is changing. I'm like, in two weeks' time. I'm like. Promise? I said, well, I can't promise, but I'm very sure it's two weeks' time. Yeah, so always get excited, like, what's the new produce, like, seasonally. Mm. Um, yeah, when, once I know what it is, I'm starting to, like, just in my head, yeah. start creating. And do you also um, look at cookbooks, or do you look at, I don't know, Instagram or YouTube? Where do you get your inspiration? Um, Apart go, from the season. I go out a lot. Yeah. Mm. And my wall is full of cookbooks. Yeah. 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 I like to read. Uh, like what you said, to get inspired. Um, I think now I don't go to school, so that's how I learn. Yeah. 
and it's myself, I guess. Yeah. yeah. New yeah. labels, ideas, techniques. Yeah. And as a menu, would you say it's modern Australian? Or, or do you bring in touches of French or Asian um, technique or flavors? It's a French technique yeah. um, with a little bit of just Japanese touch. I like to oh. use Japanese ingredients because I think it goes really well with French yeah. like flavors yeah. and techniques. Oh, it's interesting, isn't it's it? It's not as it's strong as you go with your Chinese or... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Japanese very clean kind of flavors, aren't they? Yeah, and, um, that's what I like. Yeah. And the French, I guess, techniques as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and given that you work with so many students already, you must mm-hmm. be used to young people coming, or not maybe not necessarily young, but, but people coming into the industry and having ideas about they want and what they want and so on. What's, what's the advice that you give to young people who want to be chefs? I always tell them that first thing I w- in the interview, I always say like, I tell them what it is and it is, is this what they really want to do in their career? And I said, try and find a good mentor mm. because that's what I did. Um, and I always tell them, Working here, I can teach you as much as I can. And with working at Eureka 89, it's quite multifaceted venue. It's not like other restaurant. And at least here, you will kind of learn so many different areas. We do so many different things. So I hope when you go out there, you get the background that, oh, it's fine. I worked at Eureka before. I've done that before. Yeah. Always tell them that. Yeah. And most of them actually stay here for long or sometimes they leave and then they will come back. Mm. Like a lot of my chefs that already left, or I had a, before COVID, most of my chefs are friends mm. in Italia, working holiday visa, and then they go, and then they come back, they always come back here. Or they recommended somebody, so somebody come here, drop their CV, I'm like, oh, I know this blah, 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 that he was used to work here, he recommended me to come here. Mm. It was really good. And at what point did you decide against your idea of going back to the Philippines and working in a big hotel? Or do you think you still might do that one day? (laughs) Or is Melbourne home? (laughs) Melbourne home now. Yeah, yeah. I decided to be citizen here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess that's when you decided. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And have you been to some other countries, the food that you enjoy, like French food and Japanese food? I haven't been to Europe. I've been to, like like around Asia, um, but that's in the cards. Yeah. But I lost my, my partner last year. Oh. But what we used to do, um, he likes to take me to other estate, like especially Sydney, just to go to and try other restaurants. So I've been to Sydney so many times and eaten at Sepia before they close. Um, Benalong key. I like be- I like key. Uh, I think I've been there twice. Yeah. Um, we'll see. They go. I've been to Nell Restaurant. It's also really good. I've been to uh, Lomi Lomi Dining. I really like it. Um, not just the food, but the service. Yeah. Um, where else? I've been to Tasmania. Yes. Um, I've eaten to at Itos, but now they permanently close as well. Um, I can't remember. I've eaten to. He likes to take me everywhere before. Just said. Yeah. yeah. Even here in Melbourne. Yeah. My favorite here is Amaru restaurant. Ah oh, yes. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I like I, it. It's yeah. not 
it's not just about it's the service and especially because i've been there a few times they kind of know like also you've been here before they yeah. kind of add a little bit of touch yeah i like that i think that's important it should be an all-round experience I bet people have an amazing experience mm-hmm. up here. There's so much with the um, looking out the window and yeah. then the amazing food. Is it, is it the kind of place where people get engaged or have big life yes. events? We, <laughs> we get a lot of that almost every day, actually. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. Val- Valentine's Day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think, too, when you're surrounded by all that great food... Um, you know, and today's your day off, which I'm very lucky that you came in for. But what would you, 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 you like eating out, but what would be your comfort food? What do you turn to when you have had a hard day or you're just at home? What would you eat? Asian food. <laughs> <laughs> I like a good um, Chinese stir-fried noodles. Yeah, I like that because it's, it's, it's staple in your cupboard. It's easy to knock up. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And in here, I guess, because we don't do Asian food, so yeah. you kind of like wanting something different. Yeah. And every Sunday, we do a stuff meal here. Mm. And normally, because my kitchen is quite multicultural, and normally goes like, oh, it's cooking on Sunday. And normally, we chef. Sometimes they do Vietnamese, they do Thai, or they do Western. And normally, I'm like, they run out of ideas. Fine. And then suddenly, I knock out something, and I'm like, Chef, it's tough lunch. And they go, oh, Chef, where did you make that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because I like them to, I told them that they like, I want them to be creative as well, even just for a stuff meal. I yeah. told them, go into the fridge and see what can you turn into something. As long as don't touch the wagyu beef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so great. Thank yeah. you, Renee. It's Welcome. been so lovely to talk to you. You too. Nice meeting you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with the Chef with Renee Martellano at Eureka89. You can check out all the goodness for yourselves on Instagram, and that's at 89 underscore Eureka. And if I were you, I would seriously consider going up there for dinner. It's so beautiful. Now, if you like what you heard and you want to hear about some other chefs, I'm on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef, and you can read the chat at www.conversationwithachef.com. Do you know how much I would love it if you told a friend about my chats? That I would love it a lot. <laughs> and of course, you can follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Once again, thanks so much for listening and have a great day.